0: All right, if you have your Bible, open up to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians is in the New Testament, tucked away kind of to the right. It's kind of the Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. If you make it to Philippians or Colossians, you've gone too far. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to be looking again at verses 1 through 6. And this time, two words, one spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you something that you already know. I'm going to tell you something that you are well aware of. I am different than you, and you are different than me, and you and all of us are different from each other. We have made a list of some of the differences that we have between us. We're of different ages, most of us. We have different educations, we have different jobs, we have different heights, we have different weights, different hobbies, different health statuses, we have different addresses, unless you're here with your family, different salaries, different expectations, different life experiences. We're likely from different hometowns, have different favorite flavors for ice cream, Some of us are dog people, some of us are cat people, some of us are people people. Some of us like to hike, some of us like to be homebodies, some of us read, some of us go to movies, some of us are foodies, and some of us just eat. I'm in the latter category. Some of us like art and photography, or photography. Some like camping, some hate camping. We are each different. You already know this. Now, the world we live in emphasizes our differences. In fact, tells us to organize ourselves around, uh, to, to to divide from each other based on our differences. To force a wedge between people because in some secondary way or tertiary way, they are different. Now, our passage recognizes that we all as Christians are different but today we're going to see how we're the same In Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 6 and Here's the idea that we're going to see We are one Because we are of one spirit We are called to be one Because we are of one spirit That doesn't mean we're the same age Or education Or job We have the same job Or height or weight Or hobbies or health Or expectation Or life experiences But we are One, because we have one Spirit. So often, Scripture tells us what is true despite how things seem. And that's what's happening here. We have more in common with the saints in our local church than any other kind of people in the world. So if you're a member of Center Church, if you're part of our church, you have more in common With the saints at Center Church than anyone else in the whole world. If you're part of another church, you have more in common with the saints of that church than anywhere else in the whole world. I'm going to show you where I get that from in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read beginning in verse 1 from the English Standard Version. I, therefore, prisoner for the Lord, this is Paul speaking who is over all and through all and in all. Let's pray. Lord, we don't want to just learn. When we open your word here, we want to experience you. I pray that the truth of this passage, the truth of this passage, the truth of the way things really are, I pray that that would impact us this morning. we might know you more, and be more Christ-like in all that we are, individually and as a body. For that work, we're dependent upon you, Holy Spirit, be amongst us, help us, help us to recognize your work in us, as your word is preached. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. We are one spirit, may we be one, may we be one. We are one spirit, may we be one. Now, there are two thoughts I want to give us this morning. First, the spirit. Now, you'll notice in verse 4, verse four we see spirit capitalized. Notice in verse 4, it says, there is one body. Now, the B is lowercase in the ESV, which is correct. And one spirit, the S is, is uppercase, which means that Paul is talking about there is one body. Holy Spirit. Now, for a long time in American evangelicalism, the conversation around the Holy Spirit was shrunken down to a discussion about spiritual gifts. Um, now, of the Holy Spirit does much more than bestows spiritual gifts on Christians. Does He do that? Yes. But if you look at all of the New Testament, there are roughly 260 different chapters in the whole Bible, in the whole New Testament, and there's only two that speaks specifically about how gifts are to function in a church and only three other passages that have a list of gifts. But the Spirit is all over the New Testament. The Spirit does so much more than just dispense gifts to Christians. And the Spirit is also not a force. It's not as if He's a power only or an influence or an idea. It's not as if the Spirit is like God. The Spirit is God. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, has one main role in our midst and everywhere he works, and that is to magnify, to highlight, to put at center stage the work of Jesus Christ. That's the role and job of the Spirit. The Spirit has always accompanied Jesus. In fact, if you read the Gospels, which are the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to see a lot of places where the Spirit empowered Jesus in a time of trial or right before a time of trial or right after a difficult time. You'll see a phrase, and, the, and Jesus was in the Spirit, or you'll see something like that. Like in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, we read, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. So, when I read that in, in, in Luke, I can be tempted just to just buzz right along and not think much of it. That's a mistake. Every word in Scripture is there for a reason. Jesus returned in power here in Luke chapter 4 to his hometown, and he would need it because they were just about ready to try to kill him. And so, the Spirit guides Jesus in all that he does. The ongoing, of, of, the ongoing ministry of Jesus when he was on earth, was spirit-saturated, and the continuing ministry of Jesus in the world today is spirit-saturated. J.I. Packer gives what I think is a magnificent description of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Packer says, it is as if the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, stands behind us, throwing light over our shoulder onto Jesus, who stands facing us. The Spirit's message to us is never look at me, listen to me, come to me, get to know me, but always look at him, speaking of Jesus, and see his glory, listen to him, and hear his word, go to him, and have life, get to know him, and taste the gift of joy and peace. The Spirit is the matchmaker, the celestial marriage broker whose role it is to bring Christ and us together together, and ensure that we stay together. So the Holy Spirit introduced you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit keeps you loving Jesus. The Holy Spirit keeps you close to Jesus. The Holy Spirit keeps you wanting to follow Jesus. So you can measure the, whether, whether, something is, is, whether an event or a people are filled with or marked by the Spirit. That is, if the name of Jesus, if, if Jesus and his person and work are the focus. That's how you can tell if it's spirit-saturated. The Spirit of God, further, is the agent of regeneration. Now, that's not a great sentence. That's, that's Church speaks. So let, let me tell you what I mean. The Holy Spirit makes dead sinners alive in Christ. That's what he does. The reason I, you and I want to follow Jesus and want to please Jesus is because the Holy Spirit made us aware of our sin and our need for Jesus as our only Savior. And further, once we become Christians, He indwells us each individually and indwells us as a church. No longer can, we said to be, be, we, can it be said that we are alone. When Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, how is Jesus with us always to the end of the age? He is with us by the Holy Spirit. And so, when we look at Ephesians chapter 4 and read, there is one body and one spirit, what we must understand is that all of us, if we're Christians, If you're Christian and you're a part of this church, you are of the same stuff as everyone else. You have more in common with the believers in your local church than anyone else in the whole world. That's what's happening here. We are of one spirit. May we work to be one. We are of one spirit. See, Paul's telling us this is what you already are. You are already of one spirit. May you continue and work hard to be one. That's where we see in verse 3 it says, maintaining the unity, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We are of one spirit. May we continue to be one. That's the spirit. Now we're going to talk about what it means to be in one spirit. Now, There is a way to use the word spirit that describes a sense of something. We don't often speak this way much anymore, but if you ever heard somebody say of a movement or a gathering or a crowd, they were of one spirit, and they mean that everyone's on the same page and shares the same goals and is united. In that case, that's not highlighting the person and work of the Holy Spirit. That's highlighting the fact that the people there have all the same opinion about whether or not a sporting event, sporting whether whether they're going for a sporting team or whatever. Now, we're not here because we agree on ancillary things. We're here because the Holy Spirit has made us new and has brought us together. The Spirit of God Himself has brought us together. Now, let me push it a little further. How did you become a Christian? Some of us can remember. Some of us can't. I don't know your particulars. I don't know if you grew up in a Christian home. I don't know if you grew up in a secular home. I don't know if you grew up hearing about Jesus and singing about Jesus from when you were a toddler. I don't know if you never heard the name of Jesus until you were an adult. I don't know how old you were when you turned from your sins and trusted Jesus. But I do know who awoken, who woke you up. That's the Spirit of God. With all of us, it's exactly the same. All of us have been saved through faith by the activity of the Spirit. The Spirit of God awakened you to your sinful state, from your sinful state. The Spirit of God awakened you for your need for a Savior. The Spirit of God made you a new creation. The Spirit of God gave you faith to put in Christ. The Spirit of God makes you, will want, make you want to grow in Christ-likeness. The Spirit of God keeps you near Jesus to this day. This is what the Spirit does, and we are of that one same Spirit. Now, why does this matter? Put it this way. To be one, we need to remember that we're one. To be one, we need to remember that we are one. We forget we Christians, we forget that we're one, that we're united. See, we're apt to think that someone has to share secondary characteristics to, be, to really feel one with them. Maybe if you're retired, or if an, you're an engineer, or if you're a mother, or if you're a grandmother, or if you're, if you're struggling with some kind of sickness or illness, or, or whatever it may be, you might be tempted to think... That you have real unity with people who understand you. That's not the message of the Scripture. The message of the Scripture is this we, as believers, can have unity because we all have the same Holy Spirit. That's not the way things seem, but that's the way things are. Our world is tearing apart at the seams. There is disunity and dissension all over the place. And if we don't watch it, we can let that kind of thing seep into the body of Christ. But we need to remember that we are a people who have been brought together because we are of one spirit. The spirit of God has brought us together. He's brought us together not because we agree in every regard on political matters or that we agree in every regard on on masks, or that we agree in every regard on educational philosophy, or that we agree in every regard when it comes to all kinds of questions that face our world today, but we have been brought together because the Spirit has brought us together. God, the Holy Spirit, has brought us together, and you know what we agree about? Jesus. We're united. Because the Spirit highlights Jesus. We're united. Around the reality that we were once dead sinners And now we're alive in Christ That is the work of the Spirit And that's why we're here And if you're here and you're not a Christian And you think, how can I become a Christian? All you need to do is bring your need And ask He doesn't turn anyone away And whether you feel like you fit in or not Whether people look like you or not around here We're the same as you as anybody who has the Spirit of God within them, any, anybody who is a Christian, we're the same. There's the reality that we need to remember that we are one. I don't speak Spanish, but there's this Spanish word, I believe, that was coined by Ernest Hemingway. And the word is querencia. It's derived from the Spanish word to desire. It was originally used to describe a bull in a bull ring. There would be one place in a bull ring that a bull would go and retreat in a bullfight. The querencia, the place the bull felt most at home. We don't use the word querencia. We, I think a rough English translation could be something like my happy place. We all have one, don't we? Maybe it's a cabin in the woods. Maybe it's a spot on the beach. Maybe it's in your favorite restaurant. Maybe it's in a crowded mall with all your family around, maybe. Maybe alone with a good book. Maybe watching a football game. Maybe on a quiet lake. We all have a querencia. We all have a happy place. We need to remember and remind ourselves that we are of one body and one spirit. It may not always seem that your happy place, that your querencia, your safe place, is with the saints of God in the same local church. But may it be all the more. May we work to fight so that this place, this not just this building, but we as a people, be a people who are amongst friends. Because we have all, we have all been touched by the spirit of God and we are of one spirit. We have more in common with those of of the one Holy Spirit than we do with unsaved family members. We have more in common with those of the one spirit than, than the friends that you grew up with. We have more in common with those of the one spirit than people who share your opinion about masks. We have more in common with those of the one spirit than people who work and live around you. We have more in common with people of the one spirit than those who are going to vote for the same presidential candidate as you. It just doesn't seem that way, but it's true. We are united around Christ and we have been brought together by the Spirit of God. And we must fight to remember that we are one. We must fight to remember that we are one. And we must remember that division. Is more deadly than you think. It's really more deadly than any of us think. Division is one of those one of those things that does more harm to people's eternal souls than we recognize, than we think. I've been a pastor here long enough now, eighteen almost and a half years, to say years and years ago. Um, but years and years ago at a wedding. A, my predecessor actually came and he, we had tried to peacemake with him and try to, he had some offenses that he didn't really want to deal with. Um, we tried. He came to this wedding um, and at the wedding he kind of connected with some people that he knew from the past, a, a couple. He connected with them and spreaded, spread slander about all kinds of things and gossip and said, you should leave that church. He tells this couple, you should leave that church. So they did. Gossip, slander, spread. And that original couple got divorced. Now, and three or four others did as well. Now, am I saying that if they stayed at this church, they would have stayed married? No, I'm not saying that. There's no magic pill, anything going on here like that. But I am saying this. When people remove themselves from the fellowship of the saints. They put themselves in grave peril. Many of those people left never to go back to church. That is so dangerous. Division kills. Division kills. So we must be united. We must work to be united. That doesn't mean that we pretend that we don't have differences. That doesn't mean that we're all going to be uniform in all of our thinking. That doesn't mean that we're going to all vote for the same person or or have the same political opinions. It does mean that we're united around Christ by the power of the Spirit. And we should dread division more than any chronic disease and fight against division. We are of one Spirit together, following Jesus, united. We have more in common with the saints of our local church than with anyone else on the planet. May we fight to remember that. May we strain to work toward that. May we, even in our own minds and our thoughts about who we are as individuals, may we remember that if we're Christians, we have more in common with the other Christians of our church than anybody else on the planet. I am more like you than anyone else. You are more like me than anyone else because I was once lost but now I'm found just like you. I was once dead in my trespasses and sins just like you. I was once completely darkened in my spiritual awareness, just like you. And then, and then Jesus interrupted my life. I didn't know it then, but by the power of the Spirit, I was regenerated and made new, just like you. I became saved, just like you. I love Jesus now because the Spirit has indwelt within me. And I want to be with Jesus forever, just like you. That's why we have more in common with the saints of our local church than anywhere else. Because we are of one spirit, the Holy Spirit, together. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would guard us from the threat of just division, Lord. Um, And I ask, Lord, that you would help us to stay united. Our world in these days is, it's, it's, it's very divisive out there, Lord. And it's so easy for us to take the priorities and the mores and the ways of doing things and take the conventional wisdom that's functioning right now in our world and just apply it in our lives, apply it in our church life. Lord, we do not want to do that. But we do not expect that we will agree with everyone in our church, but we do expect that everyone is of one spirit. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us not to allow differing opinions about the future of the nation, the politics of this nation, to divide us. Because we have been united in you. And what you have brought together, Lord Jesus, May we work to keep together. I pray that those things that are secondary, Lord, we'd be able to have open, honest conversations about, maybe even disagree about, maybe even, maybe even disagree seriously about, but, but stay united because what we have is much more significant than what we don't have. What we have is Jesus. What we have is the Spirit of God dwelling in us. What we have is that common ground that will not be shaken, that will not go anywhere, that is not in with one election and out in the next, but it is eternal forever. And for your glory, Lord, may we as a church be truly one body in one spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're here and you're not a Christian and you're thinking, what is all this? I'd encourage you to talk to somebody who you know is. And they can tell you what it's like to follow Jesus. If you think you need to clean yourself up to become a Christian and to become worthy, don't do that. You can't clean yourself up enough. Jesus is big enough and mighty enough to take all your sins and wash them away. For all of us that are believers, I'll leave you with this word from... A short little book that has a lot to say. The book of Jude. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of His glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen.